Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we are going to hear from Pastor Dave Carroll in the series Incomparable. It's Christmas time, baby. It's Christmas time, isn't it? Uh, it is good to see you. I'm glad you're here. And it's 11 o'clock, so we can act a little bit more awake, right? Because it's 11. And yes, you've had time to sleep in, most of you, or at least you slept as late as you could. And so you're here. Hey, I want to tell you, and I say it over and over again, I'm very grateful to you who come at 11 o'clock. You know, we took a step of faith just a few months ago, uh, and we went to two services here at Elevation Church. And I'm here to tell you that the first service was packed out, and yet we have an awesome attendance here. And even, there, I would guess, there are between 50 to 100 regular people who are out of town already for Christmas uh, who have let me know, hey, Pastor, we're, uh, we're out for the next couple weeks to go visit family. And so I'm grateful for what God is doing here and how God is blessed. We've had a tremendous fall, and it's because of you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's because of you. Even if it's your first day. Uh, hey, if you have your Bible, take it and turn to Colossians Chapter 2, that's where we'll be in verses 17 through 23. If you had a handout Bible and you're not familiar with the Bible, you want to turn to page 680 and you'll see Colossians and then you can take it from there to chapter 2. We're in the series, Incomparable Christ, which is the, the center theme, if you will, of the book of Colossians, but it's also the central scene of our message series. We started out with Incomparable Change. Then we moved to Incomparable Christ. That's what we're in now. And in January, you may want to invite a friend. It will be uh, very practical and action-packed for you. Uh, we'll have Incomparable Resolution starting the first Sunday in January. It will be a great Sunday. Make sure to grab someone, bring them with you. Uh, if you're new, you may not realize this, but inviting people, uh, you stepping out of your comfort zone, inviting people is the lifeblood of Elevation Church. We step out of our comfort zone. We talk about our faith. We talk about Jesus. We invite people to church. Christmas Eve is a great chance to do that. And so hopefully you found that in your, in your scripture. Um, if you didn't understand the missions offering video because uh, this church planter is coming speaks what uh, Pastor Fred likes to call Bubba language, right? Uh, 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 redneck, if you will. Uh, we have a church planter moving from southern Alabama all the way uh, to Livingston, and he's going to be interning with a church we've supported, Church of the Rockies in Red Lodge, for about six months to a year, and then he'll move to plant a church. And can I tell you, when I see videos like this, it reminds me of Amy and I's trek up here from Florida three and a half years ago with our four boys, and there were people just like you, but in a different city, uh, supporting the work of Elevation Church before it ever began so that this could exist here today. And so we need to continue and do that as much as possible, right? Are you in there with me? And that's why we do the missions offering. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will dive into Colossians. God, we confess today that we take our eyes off of you way too often because there are way too many things grabbing not only our attention, but God, they're grabbing the leadership of our heart and our mind and leading us astray, God, causing all kinds of hurt and pain and ugliness. And so today, as we look at your word, Father, we ask and pray that you would reveal yourself as the supreme leader who is strong enough, who is big enough, God, who will conquer every sin, every shame, every attitude, every problem, um, Lord, everything that we just can't handle, God, you will conquer it. 
And so would you show yourself that way today? God, forgive us when we put other things on the throne of our hearts. And Father, today, this Christmas season, would we remember that you want the throne of our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now today's message is entitled, The Only Leader Worth Following. There's only one leader worth following in this world, and his name is Jesus Christ. But when we talk about leaders here in America, we're so overwhelmed with news, and we're in the know of what's happening in everyone's personal life. Leadership is kind of a a topic that creates skepticism in America. When we hear uh, that someone's a good leader or they're talented or uh, they're making a difference, we want to know what's really happening behind the scenes. Uh, you know, we see a president and we wonder, well, what's his family really like? Or, hey, Pastor Dave's up here preaching a message, but what really, what, what really happens when he steps off the platform? And we know so much about the leaders that we become skeptical of the idea of having any leaders at all And we tend to not want to follow anybody because we think everybody's messed up. And in general, can I tell you, if you think that, you're right, except for Jesus Christ. Now, here's your first blank if you're taking notes. And uh, if you're brand new, you can flip over your program and write it down and follow along. And maybe even I've heard of families reviewing it during the week and having a family devotion around a meal uh, over the message points. But everyone is looking for a leader. Everyone is looking for a leader. Now, some of you are looking for a political leader. And your hot-button leader, the leader you care most about, is who will lead the country. And sometimes, uh, when we get into politics, we think that the opposite party's candidate has no good in them whatsoever, right? In fact, we think that they might look like this, right? There's my Star Wars nod for this week. Just because it's Star Wars week and you can't get around it, can you? Uh, it's everywhere. But we think that the other, if our party gets it, they'll be the savior. And if the other party's candidate gets it, well, you know, the whole world is going to turn into the Death Star. And the empire is going to reign and, and life is over. Um, but if our main concern is in the area of health, then we tend to look for a leader. We, we look and try to watch Dr. Oz, right? Or if, if you're into fashion and fashion's your main concern, then maybe you're uh, after Taylor Swift or Kim Kardashian. Hope not, but maybe so. Um, you know, if your uh, main concern right now is that you're in the emotional pit or you have a lot going on in your life that's bringing you down, then you're trying to look for a country music artist who can identify with you, right? I don't know what your main concern is, but I can tell you this. Your, your main concern and my main concern should be spiritual because this life is 100% a spiritual battle. This life is something that you and I cannot do on our own. And we need to look to our leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who can take care of everything. But here in Colossians, Paul is going to warn us about false leadership. He's going to talk to us about people who take us down the wrong road spiritually, people who take us down what I would call in your next blank, false leaders who lead you down a dead-end road. I don't know if you've ever driven down a dead-end road, but my first real big experience with that 
came in Montana. You know, our family moved from Florida where it's a concrete jungle. As a matter of fact, I was born on the very south tip of about 90 miles of solid concrete. If you got on the expressway, you would drive for about 90 miles, about an hour and a half, maybe even longer, and you would see nothing but buildings on either side of you for a solid 90 miles. Now in Montana, we think that's why I live in Montana, because I don't want to be a part of that, right? But when I got to Montana, I thought, wow, now I know why they make SUVs. You know, we had a 2001 Yukon at that time, and it was 2013. It's old. I'm thinking, hey, if I wreck this thing, uh, it's a good excuse to go tell Amy we need to buy another one. Uh, maybe I can wreck it, and we have to get a new car, you know what I'm saying? And so we're driving down the Beartooth, and all of a sudden, I see this road. It's on the mountains. I turn to Amy, and I say, this is the time. And she says, no, no, Dave, it's not. She knew. Because I told her, I said, at some point, I'm pulling this baby off the road, and we're going to see what it could do in four-wheel drive. Because the only reason you need four-wheel drive in Florida is to pull your boat out of the water, right? But here we, we know some other uh, uses. So I pull off the side of the road, and I, I'm thinking that I can just take this trail and that it would lead me back around to the highway. And so I proceed to do untold damage to our car, uh, going as fast as I can uh, on this mountain road that really wasn't a road. And Amy is, uh, well, let's just say it's helping our marriage a whole lot as I take this drive. And I start, start in on this turn, and all of a sudden I have to slam on the brakes real fast because I found this road didn't last very long. And there was, it wasn't easy to turn. And, and so I had to turn around and go all the way back. And it's a lot that way with false leadership. False leadership looks fun. It sounds exciting. Uh, it has a little bit of glamour to it in the beginning. But what ends up happening is the things that we've been led to believe in our life that are false always cause a bumpy ride. And when we get to the end of it, we have to turn around and take the bumpy ride all the way back and do it all over again. Uh, how many of you have ever had to repeat some mistakes, right, just to get out of them? Yeah, all of us have. And so false leaders always lead us down a dead-end road. But this Christmas, we're going to explore what false leadership is, and then we're going to look to the true leader, the only leader worth following, Jesus Christ. Let's pick it up in Colossians 2 and verse 17. Uh, here's what it says. Uh, before, we're picking up from where Pastor Fred spoke last week, and if you missed last week's message, Pastor Fred did an outstanding job, and I, I'm grateful that we're one of those churches when the lead pastor steps down, the preaching gets better, right? Uh, but... He talked about the mechanics of our salvation and the work of Christ and then talked about how legalism was not uh, the way to go, but Christ is the way to go. And so in verse 16, he tells us um, not to be judged based on what we drink or what we celebrate. But in verse 17, where we pick it up, it says this, those things are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, that's your reward in Jesus Christ, your salvation, taking delight in false humility and the worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. So Paul is calling out, false leadership, and he gives us some characteristics of some false leaders here in the scripture who will lead us down that dead end road. And here's the first characteristic. He says that a false leader will lead you backwards through the Bible. That's right. 
backwards through the Bible. He'll take you from Revelation and point you toward Genesis. Now here's the problem with that. If you're trying to understand the scripture, if you're trying to get a hold of your faith and get a rock solid foundation, here's what we know. In Genesis we have the creation story that God created the earth, right? And he created us. And we know that he's our creator. And then you move into the season where the people of God are identified, the nation of Israel. And the law is given. And now uh, the people of God have this challenge because they have all these laws, over 600 of them, and they are having trouble obeying them, right? It's not going so well. And they keep having to go and sacrifice animals over and over and over. And if you fast forward a little bit, you get this time in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's important to understand this at Christmas time, that the Bible was silent for about 400 years before the birth of Christ. And so... There's this silence, and what breaks through the silence is the birth of Jesus Christ, and we get the New Testament, and we're no longer under the law. Now, does the Old Testament matter to the believer? Absolutely it does, but we're no longer under the principles of the Old Testament and the law. And so what happens is Jesus is born, and he becomes the Lord and Savior who would become the sacrifice for all mankind to pay the penalty of sin. Aren't you glad Jesus was born? And he rescued us. And as we move forward, what this does is it puts us in the age that we're in now. We're in the age of grace. We get grace in Jesus Christ. We are no longer uh, penalized, those of us who are in Christ, penalized for all the sin that we have. Instead, we're set free from it so that we can run from it. And then there's another period where Jesus um, comes and raptures his church. He takes us out. And there's a seven-year tribulation period. And then there's a a short season where Jesus uh, does a little butt kicking, right? And some of the people who didn't treat Israel right during the tribulation, um, well, they have a pretty hard time with Jesus face to face. And then there's a thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Satan gets loose after that. And a little while after, that's where God does his damage, and he wrecks Satan once and for all. And instead of Satan wrecking your life, Jesus will wreck Satan. Isn't that good news? It's good news. All the torment, all the pain, it'll be done. And so one of the characteristics of false leaders is they're always trying to point you backwards. They're trying to take you back into rules, back into regulation. But that is not the Christmas story. That is not why Jesus came. He came to give grace and to set you free. And so don't be led backwards into more rules, but be led into freedom from sin and freedom and joy in Jesus Christ. Here's a second characteristic that he mentions right there in verse 18. He says, they take delight in false humility, fake humility. You know, uh, one of the things that we cannot be duped by as a church and as a young church, this is extremely important, is by arrogant people who appear that they know more than everyone else. Now, I have good news for you. This is nearly impossible for me because I'm one of the simplest human beings you've ever met in your life. Matter of fact, I can't even remember every five words that I'm supposed to say in a conversation. It's a wonder I can even preach. And, uh, you know, sometimes people will come in and they will try to split a church by claiming they have some special knowledge or special theology that's better than what is being taught in the Bible or that they elevate a portion of the Bible to an importance level that's not supposed to be. And, And can I tell you how important this is? The last church I was a part of, I got to watch somebody come in with a pet doctrine that they loved that they didn't agree with the pastor on. And at that point in time, the church was about six, seven hundred people. 
and they took 250 people from the church because they bought in to a false humility that was really arrogance. And here's what we have to do at Elevation Church. We have to hold to the simple truths of the Bible. You know what? I serve a grave-robbing, sin-forgiving, set-freeing Savior who loves me, who loves you, who wrote the scriptures that are true, and we just hold to that and live life, right? That's what we need to do. And if we come back to that, it's funny how Jesus does work that we can't do in our lives. But we have to be weary of false humility. You know, sometimes we get stuck in the bravado of leaders who are big on TV or who are big in... uh, who are big in the circles of friends that we have. And just because someone's popular doesn't make them right, does it? It doesn't make them right. We have to be careful not to be duped into becoming an elitist club of religious people. That is not why God put us here. Now, here's the next thing, and this thing applies to Christmas uh, very closely. It's false worship. In verse 18, he says that people were leading this church astray because they were beginning to worship angels. They were beginning to worship angels, and around Christmas time, angels kind of come to the front and center of Christmas, don't they? They're everywhere, and it's not bad that they do, because they're certainly a part of the story, and they let the people on earth know what was going down with the Savior of the world. But the worship of angels uh, was starting to take uh, place here at this church where they weren't just worshiping Jesus, but they were worshiping angels. But here's what you need to know about angels, because angels sometimes are confusing to people, but I'm going to let you in. Can I let you in this morning on angels? Angels are created beings. They are not like humans. Some people think when you die, you become an angel, right? And we understand the the thought where people are trying to say, well, maybe a baby died and became an angel, they went to heaven. But the truth is, they don't become an angel. You and I will never be angels. That's what the scripture teaches. Never, ever, ever. We're people. And so we're humans created by God. And so what ends up happening is, here's the good news, even though angels can do a lot more than us right now, they're unseen, they're stealthy, they have direct access to the throne. And the Bible says they they sometimes will hide their face, right, to the glory of God. Um, Even though they have all this now, the Bible says that when Christ comes the second coming, we're going to be as he is. And so we will actually have a direct reflection of the image of God. Now, this is incredible to some of you because you're thinking about the people around you that you're sitting with going, there ain't no way they're going to look that close to God. But it's true. That's what's going to happen. And so what we have to do is we have to make sure that our worship is pure and true and it's Christ-centered and that we don't get caught up in worshiping anything else. Now, um, what we need to do with the angels is remember that they're below the throne of Jesus And everything else that we could potentially worship in this world is before the throne. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in worship that we, you know, we get angry about things. Um, Have you ever driven by and they had the nativity scene wrong? And we say, oh, that's not right because we want to worship baby Jesus in a manger. But all the while, you know, Jesus isn't in a manger anymore, is he? No, he's on a throne, he's powerful, and he's worthy of your attention, he's worthy of your affection, he's worthy of your time, he's worthy of your life, and he's worthy of your worship. So don't be duped into false worship. And here's the final characteristic that Paul gives of false leaders. The church does not benefit. The church does not benefit. Anyone who's trying to lead you outside of a biblical local church or telling you that the value is diminished... You know, that's not going to fly. That's a false leader. 
You know, Jesus died for the bride of Christ, the church. And some people say, well, Dave, I don't have a problem with Jesus. I just have a problem with the church. And I don't know if I, how closely I want to be tied to it. I have news for you. Christ is returning a second time, not the same way as he came the first time, because the first time he was a little baby and he wasn't very intimidating. But the second time he comes, he's riding on a white horse and he is totally going to wreck everyone who is opposed to him. And so he's coming with his bride there and, and to do some damage. And if you're not a part of the church, well, you might be, have a problem because you'll be opposed to a savior who is strong. And so a, fa- a false leader will kind of pull you away from the church. And maybe there are people in your life who are leading you away from the bride of Christ. You may have friends going, what are you doing that for? Hey, why don't you come with me ca- camping this weekend and, and go ahead and forget, um, forget going to church There are people leading you away from this, and you have to um, ignore them, and you have to keep Christ first. Now, here's a principle that is very important um, here at the Scriptures I want to share. It's at the end of verse 19. It says this. The whole body grows with the increase that is from God. I want to address this because Christmas time is one of these times where most people take stock of what they've gained over a year or in their life or what they've lost over a year and in their life. You may look and say, man, I don't know if I have enough money to buy a Christmas present for my family this year. Or, uh, you know, hey, I had a good financial year, but I look around and I lost my family over divorce or I lost my kids uh, in a custody battle. Um, You you start to take stock and and you start to ask questions and you say things like this, God, why... Why is there decrease in my life? Why is it not going exactly how I planned? Uh, maybe you lost your health and you're saying, wow, I'm taking stock and there's no increase. I, I've been praying that God would heal me and it just hasn't happened. Where is it? We can take a lot of rest at the end of verse 19. That increase is from God. And can I speak to you about this today? That if you're in the room, and you have not experienced some answer to prayer this year. It just hasn't gone. And you're saying, God, why not increase? Why not for me? Why aren't you doing this? When God isn't giving increase, many times he is trying to work on your character. He is trying to do a work in you that changes your attitude, that changes your responses when you're squeezed, that changes your beliefs. He's trying to do something in you that you could never have done with increase happening in your life that would kind of give you fluff and take your eyes off of God. But here's one thing you can trust. Increase is from the Lord. And if it's from the Lord, when it comes, it will be good. And when it doesn't come, it will be good for you to wait for it. Do you hear what I'm saying? It will be good for you to wait from it. And so I wanted to stop and talk about that principle that God gives the increase. But as we continue on with the false leaders... Here is the fruit of falsehood. Here's how you can know you're being led astray. Um, When we talk about the fruit of falsehood, it makes me think about the lunches that I prepare for my boys. I have four boys, but two of them are really young. They're four and six. And uh, because they're young, I think I can slide some things by them every now and again, you know? It's kind of like, well, maybe I don't have to go grocery shopping and buy more fruit because, you know, they're little. They, They don't know what fruit looks like. Maybe I can put these grapes that are a little bit shriveled and dry in the refrigerator a week and a half. Maybe I could slide them in and they'll finish them off, right? Hey, it's uh, first world issues, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, Briggy, my youngest, 
he's four, and Dax is six. Uh, they're kind of in tune to what good food and bad food is. I tried to sneak an apple by Briggy just a, about two weeks ago, and uh, he came in after school, and I said, Briggs, why didn't you eat your apple? You need to eat your apple. I said, don't you like apples? He says, yes, Dad, I like apples. Why didn't you eat it? He said, you gave me the one with the brown spot. He's four years old. He's four years old. He said, you gave me the one with the brown spot. And you know, I think that the fruit of our lives needs to be inspected a little bit closer. If a four-year-old can identify a brown spot and choose not to, not to eat it, we can begin to choose the decay in our life, the sin in our life, and find out what it is and get it out so that we can be healthy in Jesus Christ. And so there's fruit. Uh, there's the fruit of falsehood. Here's the decay spots that start to creep up on your life that you need to identify. And here's the first one. Um, but we'll read Colossians 2, 20 through 23 first. Here's what it says. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world. Remember, Pastor Fred talked about identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ last week. If you've died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom when you try to follow the rules. It appears like it's wise. In self-imposed religion, false humility, and the neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Remember, I told you the primary reason why we need a leader that can be trusted is this life is spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. And so... At the end of the day, it's the battle against sin that we need a leader for. But when we buy into false leaders, here's what happens. I keep subjecting myself to dead things. I keep subjecting myself to dead things. If you find yourself going backwards in the Bible and beating yourself up over rules, you know what? You have probably bought into some false leadership at some point in your life. Uh, what are you talking about? Well, let's, let's go with... Uh, a meth addict here for a second. A meth addict comes to Jesus Christ. And here in Montana, meth use is out the roof. It's more than I've ever seen. I've lived several places in my life. It's terrible. But let's deal, deal with this. The meth addict comes to Christ and thinks the whole point of coming to Christ is to be saved from his meth use. And so what he does is he stays with the dead thing, trying so hard, God, it's all about this meth use. It's all about this meth use. And he tries to go, well, you know what? I have to follow this rule because I'm, I'm a Christian now. I gave my life to Christ, and this is the rule. I can't do that anymore. And he stays or she stays and wallows in this usage of something that's destroying their life when the whole idea of the Christian faith is a positive action forward. You see, when Jesus saves us, he doesn't save us to sit there and wrestle with everything. He saves us to set us free from it and to walk forward into grace and to become someone that God is calling you to be. You see, God is calling you not to not be a meth addict. He's calling you to be an awesome child of God who influences the world for Jesus Christ. He has a better plan for your life. And because he has a better plan for your life, you got to walk out of the old dead stuff and into the new stuff. And it's funny how the dead stuff starts to go away. You hear what I'm saying? And so that's the fruit of falsehood when you keep wallowing in the dead things in your life. Here's the second fruit. Forced religion. 
instead of genuine faith. Forced religion instead of genuine faith. This is the argument that Paul makes. And what is forced religion? It's when you put a lot of rules into your life. You know, a lot of people think, well, when I get saved, that means, hey, I got to cut, cut down. I didn't say get rid of, but cut down the alcohol. Hey, I think I better only not cuss in church, right? I'll not cuss, but just in church. But when I walk out, hey, the rules change, right? Because when I stub my toe, I'll say something unholy, right? Um, the rules start to come up. But you know why people like rules instead of genuine faith? It's because when we grab onto rules, we remain the leader. You know why? Because I can choose what rules I want to follow and what rules I don't. And hey, I want Jesus to come change a few things, the things that are really hurting me. But, but you know what? I just want to, I want to make the own rules and, and I'll discard the rules that I don't like. But genuine faith says, I will let Jesus Christ rule and reign over everything. He will have total control and we'll talk about that in a second. And here's the third fruit of falsehood. It says, I just can't win against sin. You see that rules and a bunch of religion and trying to follow the orders is not going to help you with your sin. It's only walking forward in Christ and positive action out of the dead stuff. And so if you can't win against sin, this is what it's saying. You have a false leader over your life. There is somewhere where you're submitting to the leadership of someone or something or some book or, or some person who appears spiritual. You're submitting to their leadership but it's of no value against your sin. It's of no value. And so you keep returning to your sin. But here's the good news. Where every other leader in the world fails, and that's helping you and I live lives that please Jesus, this is the very specialty area of Jesus Christ. He always defeats sin. He always conquers the unconquerable. He always comes through. Jesus has never lost. He always wins. And that's why he's the only leader worth following. And let's go back to verse 19 for just a second. Now, Paul was making the argument in the negative, saying that the false leader doesn't do these things. But let's look at them in the positive light here in verse 19. He says um, that the false leader doesn't hold fast to the head. But when you hold fast to the head, here's what happens. The whole body is nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments and grows with the increase that is from God. So here is what you have to do this Christmas, and here's your next blank. Lean into my leader, Jesus Christ. This Christmas, I want you to take a step closer to Jesus Christ and lean into him and listen and let him change your heart. And like any strong leader, here's what I know. When you lean into someone who's stronger than you and who's more powerful than you and who understands more than you, when you lean into him, you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to get blown up because when he leans back, he is going to completely run you over. But here's the good news. When Jesus Christ runs you over and you hold on for dear life to the head... That is when the trials of this life start to disappear. That's where the joy starts to pop up when you're in pain. That's when you're able to stop, um, stop being angry and abusive in difficult situations. That's when you're able to put the bottle down and say, you know what, I'm not going to hold on to the bottle anymore. I'm going to hold on to Christ and just let him, let him do the heavy lifting. He can run me over. But if you lean into him... He will be faithful to run you over, but yet to see your life become more awesome 
than you ever imagined. That is why he's the only leader worth following. Here's what the scripture says. He gives nourishment. He gives nourishment. Now, this week, uh, I, I, bought, I bought into the lie of begging my mom to send her Christmas fudge, right? Anybody love your, your parents or your moms or some family members special Christmas cookies or whatever? Well, my mom's fudge is something that I've been uh, trying to wean myself off of now for 38 years. And, and every year I keep saying, I'm not going to ask her. I'm going to say, Mom, this is the year. Don't send it. I'm already, I already need to lose weight. And then she sends it anyway or I ask for it, whatever. I don't know how that works. But either way, the other day I opened up a box, proclaimed to my family, Grandma's Christmas fudge is here, and it was like ants on sugar, right? Just whoom. I mean, everybody, I even got the kids to stop playing video games right there, you know? It was unreal. I think I'm going to say that anytime I need their attention, right? There's fudge in the house. Whoa, stop. So here's what I found out, though. We all ate it, and I was still hungry after. It tasted good for a little while. But see, when you lean into Jesus Christ, he will truly nourish you. You will leave satisfied. If you're not satisfied, you're nourishing yourself with something other than Jesus. Because Jesus always satisfies. Here's the next thing that the scripture tells us. He talks about being knit together with ligaments and joints. And, and here's, this is important and this is big. This Christmas season, if you feel like your life is coming unglued, if there's an area of your life that is starting to unravel, and maybe the sun is coming up a little too late in the morning and setting a little too early at night, and you're starting to get depressed, and, and even in your mind is starting to unravel, and you're starting to give in to thoughts that are not godly or an attitude or behavior that is not pleasing to Jesus. If you'll let Jesus be your only leader, the Bible says he'll be the glue that holds us together. If you need something held together this Christmas season, if you need your emotions held in check when family comes, or maybe you have to give up the kids because of a divorce agreement, or maybe um, you have to forgive somebody and it's hard, this Christmas, if you will lean into your leader, the Bible says he will be the glue that holds it all together when it's impossible for you, when it is impossible. And here's the last thing that happens when we lead into our leader. We see that the body of Christ grows with the increase that comes from the Lord. But here's how we can understand it. Jesus Christ brings health. And, and I want to speak to this for just a second. That many times in America, we're taught to pursue success. But here's what all of us know. Success doesn't, success doesn't fix anything, does it? Success doesn't fix a broken life. Success doesn't help you get all the stuff you've lost back. No. You know what does? Health. You know, uh, you might be new and may not know this about me, but a year and a half ago, I lost my eyesight in my right eye. And uh, my, the vein popped open in my retina, and it uh, severely impaired the vision there. And when you take stock of your, of your year, you start asking yourself, well, if someone gave me a million dollars or I could have my right eyesight back, what would I pick? I think I'd be there or I'd say, I want my eyesight back. Well, if someone told me that I could have a better job or get my eyesight back, what would happen? If someone told me that my kids could be more popular or get my eyesight back, you go, oh, I think I have my eyesight. Sorry, kids, right? But the point is this. Health is what Jesus brings. He brings health. And many times we're pursuing success or pursuing more stuff when really Jesus is saying, if you'll let me lead, 
I'll bring health to your life. But here's the deal. Remember how I told you that everyone is looking for a leader? This Christmas season is really about the entire world looking for a leader. You see, in the Old Testament, the Messiah was promised, and everyone was looking for the birth of Jesus. But they didn't recognize him. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 9 through 14, this is how their leader in the first coming came to earth. He said this, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the leader they were looking for, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly clothes and strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God because he is their leader and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Maybe today you've missed the real message of Christmas and that's that Jesus wants to lead you out of your junk. The same way he came He will come again, except for next time he comes, he's going to be strong and powerful. He's not going to take the form of a baby, but he's going to be big, and you need to trust him. You know, you might be thinking, I don't know if I want Jesus to lead my life. What can he really do? Or I don't like what, what the Bible teaches, so I don't know if he wants to lead my life. But today, Jesus will lead you out of your junk if you will let him, and he is the only leader worth following. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Please take just a moment to reflect on today's sermon. Thanks again for listening. And for more information, visit our website at elevationbillings.com.
And I'd like to just take a quick minute with every head bowed and every eye closed. And I just want to ask two simple questions. The first is this. Maybe you've walked in the room today and you're the leader of your life and you know it and you've never given God a shot. Never. You've been in charge of it all, but you know it's a wreck and you know it's not right and you know it's a dead end road. And today, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ for the first time. You say, God, I surrender. I trust your work on the cross, the blood that you shed. I trust your resurrection. And I want to come under your leadership and let you be my Lord and Savior today. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Is there anyone that say, today I want to give my life to Jesus Christ? Just raise your hand if that's you. Is there anyone like that? Say, today I want to make that decision. Thank you. Now here's one more question before we close. Maybe you walked in with some junk today, some big junk, and you're real tempted to let some other opinion, some other person other than Jesus lead you out of it, and you know it's going to go wrong. And today you want to say, Dave, I need someone to pray for me. In fact, Dave, will you pray for me that I can trust Jesus to lead me out of my junk? If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want to pray for you all across the room. Yeah, is there anyone else? Yeah. Just keep that hand raised so I can see you. Is there anyone else that say, I need Jesus to lead me out of the junk? Yeah. Thanks. You can put your hands down. I want to pray for you right now. God, we thank you that you're the only leader worth following. But God, we acknowledge that sometimes we get weighed down so much with, with life that we take our eyes off you and we start following other things. But Lord, we're reminded today by the manger that you're still available even when no one's looking for you. God, even when it even we're not really sure what, what's going to happen if we submit to you, that you're still God and you're still on the throne. I pray for the people who raised their hands today, who are going through junk, who desperately need your leadership, God, who need your leadership out of the pain, who need your leadership out of the hurt, God, out of the struggle, out of the lack of resource. God, out of a bad attitude, God, out of sin, God, today would you show yourself faithful to be the leader who changes everything in their life. God, would you answer their cry, and would they know your peace? We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said...